Welcome to Go For the Battle After the War. And before I get started, I want to make an official announcement since I've already told select few people privately. I am writing a book on Gulf War illness and I hope to get it published early 2021. I've already started interviewing veterans and their spouses and I'm only going to interview a total of about 25. And I'm really interested in anyone who has served from 1990 until present in the Persian Gulf War or Afghanistan. So please reach out to me via my Facebook page at Gulf War Vets and I will respond within 24 hours to set up a time to talk to you. Now if you're local here in Florida, at least within two hours of me, I will go ahead and make the offer to drive to your house or apartment and do your interview there if you like. I've already done three and I have one in reserve. So if you're interested, please contact me as soon as possible so that I can get you on my list. As always, I appreciate and thank you very much for your support. I really couldn't do this without all of you. Um, and I'm doing this interview outside, or this podcast, I'm sorry, outside. So if you happen to hear Whistler ducks, it's because they're in my neighborhood and there's animals flying around. So enjoy the outside noises. Anyway. The topic today is in reference to something called PFAS, and I will go into what that stands for and what it is and um, how I came about doing this instead of doing the topic I was going to do. So anyway, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, you know already that I was a hull tech in the Navy. And I'll give you a quick definition in case there's any new listeners who don't know. Basically, a hull technician is a plumber on a ship, on a larger ship. That's what they do. I was on a smaller ship, so I was in plumbing. I was a boiler tech. I was also in charge of shipboard security and firefighting. So being on the smaller ship, that kind of opens you up for many positions because there's a lot to cover and not enough people to cover them. So we all wear different hats. With my love of firefighting, it was easy for me. I became part of the Hilo Crash and Smash team as number one nozzleman. And you really don't get any closer to the fire than that. Anyway, one of the first things that you learn is the different classes of fires. And I'm going to teach you those today uh, briefly. And basically we have, I I say (laughs) 4.5. Uh, There's Alpha, there's Bravo, there's Charlie, and there's Delta. Delta being the worst. Um, And when I say 4.5, I'll I'll explain. The Alpha fire is any kind of dry particle. um, Paper, wood, drywall, things like that. And then, of course, there's the Screaming Alpha. That's the 0.5. The Screaming Alpha is armpit hair, skin, hair on your head, etc. Sorry, bad joke, but <laughs> the next fire is a Bravo fire, and those are fuels, oils, um, any kind of flammable liquid, basically. And then moving on, there's the Charlie fire, and that's strictly electrical, anything electrical. And then lastly, the one that's kind of considered the worst fire, it burns the hottest. It's anything that's metals, like magnesium, anything that 
has that consistency. Um, and in my case, helicopters. And they're, they're generally the worst fires that you can have on a ship because they don't really go out with spraying water on it or spraying any kind of foam on it or anything. They just burn themselves out. When there's nothing left to burn, it, it smolders. So in our case, the, the best thing that we can do is push it off the ship as soon as possible. And that was one of my many jobs. So now that I have you all caught up on fire types, my initial goal, like I said earlier, was to educate you on fuels and oils and the fumes that we breathe from um, when I ended up way in left field, completely off topic, or, or at least so I thought. Um, let me give you some background. To date, most discoveries of water with PFAS chemicals in Colorado have been linked to toxic firefighting foams. These foams can contaminate well water and drinking water supplies. To address this, the legislature passes, I'm sorry, passed the Fight Firefighting Foams and Personal Protective Equipment Control Act, uh, also known as HB 19-1279, and I definitely recommend going and look this up, take a few minutes and educate yourself. The act focuses on reducing human exposure to PFAS chemicals from firefighting foam. One of the requirements is that the state public health department conduct surveys of fire department's possession, use, and disposal of toxic firefighting foam once every three years. And that falls under this house bill. Toxic firefighting foams fall into two main categories. There's a class A and a class B. Class A foams used to extinguish fires caused by wood, paper, and plants, and they generally do not contain PFAS chemicals. However, Class B foams are used to put out fires caused by flammable liquids like gasoline, oil, and jet fuel, and they may contain PFAS chemicals. The Class B foams can be divided into two categories. Fluorinated foams, which contain PFAS chemicals, and fluorine-free foams, which do not. Many Class B foams are aqueous film-forming foams, or AFFF. All AFFF foams contain PFAS chemicals, and with that I'm going to jump into a quick commercial break and I'll be right back. So in the 1970s, the Department of Defense, or DOD, started using aqueous film-forming foam, or AFFF, which contained high concentrations of PFAS to extinguish specific types of fires such as aircraft and jet fuel fires, flammable liquids, and more. The problem with PFAS and PFOA is that, unlike other chemicals, they do not degrade over time in the environment which raises an environmental concern. Most are found to accumulate in groundwater and find their way into local drinking water supplies. So in year 2000, the only United States manufacturer, 3M, started phasing out the use of PFAS and PFOAS due to the tendency of chemicals to build up in human tissue. DuPont was using the compound under the name of C8 and marketing it as Teflon. When 3M stopped production, DuPont built a factory to start producing the chemicals. 
Due to several lawsuits against DuPont, several studies were conducted over the years on the impact of PFAS and PFOAs on human exposure. A study in 2004 by Dr. James Dahlgren, a nationally known toxicologist, identified increased risks of prostate cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, and multiple myelomas associated with toxic firefighting foams. In 2012, scientists at Emory University identified similar conditions between individuals who were exposed at the DuPont factories that manufactured C8. Workers showed a threefold increased risk of mesothelioma or chronic kidney disease and a twofold increased risk of developing diabetes mellitus type 2, kidney cancer, and non-cancer kidney disease. The Environmental Protection Agency has also linked the chemicals to low birth weight, accelerated puberty, skeletal variations, liver effects, tissue damage, immune effects, antibody production and immunity, thyroid effects, and cholesterol changes. Now, examples of what you would normally find PFAS in is Teflon cookware. Remember I mentioned earlier Walmart, Target, blah, blah, blah. Waterproofing fabric and coating on fast food wrappers, McDonald's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, fire retardants, rain gear, um, I can't think of anything else right now, the, the fire suits that we wore in the military, um, stain and water repellents, that stuff that's sprayed on your couch so that it's easy to remove the dog stuff that's on your couch, the spit, the urine, whatever, food spilled, and some furniture actually has it in it. Waterproof clothes, I mentioned, mentioned rain suits. And this one really got me, pizza boxes and takeout containers. There's PFAS in that. And you're reheating your food in some of these things in, that, in some cases. Anyway, food packaging also, carpets and textiles, rubbers and plastics, electronics and dental floss. So if you happen to have gingivitis and you're trying to recover your gums and you're using dental floss, make sure you're reading what's in it because it should be listed. Remember, your mouth is a direct line to your heart. So DuPont itself conducted medical studies on the chemicals as far back as the 1960s that showed liver damage in animals and other adverse health effects. So they knew about this back in the 60s. Mind you, PFAS and Teflon were created, I believe, in 1930, 1938. Don't quote me on that. 1930s, late 1930s. That's been around a long time. Um, anyway, that showed liver damage in animals and other adverse health effects. One study showed the compound bound to the blood's plasma proteins. So in 1981, 3M found the chemicals caused birth defects in rats and informed DuPont. DuPont reviewed births of their employees and found two birth defects of seven recent births and did not inform the EPA of the information or the 3M study. By the 90s, DuPont was aware that C8 caused testicular pancreatic cancer and liver tumors and lab animals, but again failed to inform the EPA. No surprise. In 2006, 
eight major global manufacturers agreed to stop the production of the hazardous substances and chemicals. Now, a study in 2004 identified increased risk of the following due to firefighting foam, prostate cancer and testicular cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, and in 2012, Emory University showed an increased risk to the following diseases due to PFAS and PFAS, which PFOS and PFAS. Multiple myelomas, mesothelioma, diabetes, myelitis, type 2, kidney cancer, and non-cancer kidney diseases. The EPA has also linked PFAS and PFOAs to low birth weights, accelerated puberty, skeletal variations, liver effects such as tissue damage, immune effects such as antibody production and immunities, thyroid effects, cholesterol changes. And here's where it starts to get good if that wasn't good enough. Each of the military departments is taking actions to remove the AFFF containing PFOS from their supply system. AF funded removal of AFFF from all fire trucks and crash response vehicles in fiscal year 2016. So here we are, 2016, when everybody knew about this as early as the 60s, and this is when they're starting to take action. So yes, what I'm getting at is if you were a firefighter in the military during the first Gulf War up until 2016, you were probably exposed to AFFF at some point. I know I was. I practically bathed in it. So in the EU or Europe where PFAS use and manufacture um, is much lower than the U.S., PFAS is regulated as a persistent organic pollutant and more regulations are expected to kick in. However, in Canada, they've declared PFAS and PFAS as toxic substances and prohibit its use and import, so they don't allow it in their country. There's so much more than what I've covered here, so I would strongly recommend you take the time to do a little research on PFAS and PFOS because this isn't just a military exposure, it's everywhere. If you're unsure, like I was saying earlier, take a trip to Walmart and take a look at the pots and pans. And I'll leave you with that because that, that will be a huge eye-opener for everybody. Have a great rest of your week and don't forget to elbow bump a vet.